Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we'll pick up back on our conversation of, what's the name of it? If there is no hell, then why do we go to church? So we talked last time, and and, uh, Tom went on a tirade about the literal (laughs) translation of biblical text and how most of it points to destruction. Of course, Everett was able to play devil's advocate and say, not in Matthew, sucker. Um, And so so we went down that road. Um, But we talked a lot about um, the interpretations of what we perceive as hell um, from probably really from our growing up, if you will. And so, um, oh, I'm getting some feedback. And so... uh, what I thought we'd kind of touch a little bit on today um, was what is hell to us? And um, I've had some conversations about this and to where um, with Tom a little bit about the great divorce. And so, um, gosh, I hate to kind of give a book report here. Um, but Tom, I think you said that the that hell is separation from God. Is that kind of what we talked about Kind of one definition of hell. Uh, yes, because death is separation. So uh, hell would be um, separation, or maybe a better way to put it would be losing the ability or the lack of ability to be in God's presence. Hmm, lack of ability, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Ah. Um, I just fixed my headset, by the way. If you heard the audio change, that was my bad. I had an incorrect setting there. Lack of ability um, to be in God's presence. Ooh, I want to unpack that a minute. Everett, what do you say? What is your perception? Um, you know, is it separation from God, and what does that look like? So... Um. <clears throat> So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably more sympathetic to um, sort of the orthodox tradition, which says if God is the source of all things, then there really can't be a hell in the way in which we envision it. Mm, okay. um, and um, I... I you know, I, I, I do think that there's probably some people who will find um, God's love to be so so disgusting mm. that they, you know, experience it as, as hell. Um, but I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I, I, I really hold to the, the notion that there's a place where you go and you're punished for the rest of your life. Okay, okay. So, in the great divorce, um, rest of eternity. The rest. Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Eternal torment. Um, in the great divorce, there is um, the uh, what I what I refer to as like the city area. There's the bus stop, right? 
Yeah. And um, this is the place to where, uh, and then you get on the bus and you go somewhere else. And I, I don't have, I, I can't tell you what that somewhere else is. Um, maybe that's part of the point. Um, but then when you go to somewhere else, you are in this place that you can journey closer to God. And along the way, um, you find, uh, or the light in, in the great divorce, you find people who are stuck at the point of where they are um, because of, and I'm just going to say these hangups, and, and that's really minimizing it, but I'll expand on that a little bit. So, but the idea is that there are people at the bus stop who can't even get on the bus for various reasons. And just along the journey, along the, I don't know if you call it the path, the trail, whatever it is, there are people in different places um, for different reasons that they can no longer get closer to God. And so when you said, Tom, the lack of ability to be in the presence of God, uh, that kind of defines actually what I perceive as the great divorce. Um, and I'm gonna expand on that. So for me, um, one of my perceived gifts is organization, <laughs> okay, or scheduling, or something along those lines, right? I like so, how you said perceived gifts. <laughs> yay. <laughs> That's my perception. Um, and so I do a lot of planning of youth events and different things, and I take, uh, I take chaos and I give it order. <laughs> Just like God. And so, um, but the interesting thing is, uh, oh man, I don't want to go down this road too far, uh, but there's a podcast with uh, Chris Mark from Coldplay, and he identified the weakness in our strengths as a phrase. Um, and one of the weaknesses of my strengths is that, yeah, I can schedule things, I can get things down to milliseconds, <laughs> have everybody in the right place, and it's, it's great. Things work out really well. But on the other side of that, in my weakness, is I am obsessed with that organization and that scheduling. And it can become something to where I get so caught up in it that I actually miss the party. So, you know, uh, I think, Everett, you said something, or maybe you did a minute ago, about re referencing, um, um, no, you probably didn't. Anyway, heaven's a banquet. Everyone's invited kind of thing, right? I may be over in the corner working out that where's so-and-so they didn't show up for the banquet because I'm so obsessed with my scheduling and organizing and things like that that I get lost and I get caught up in my own hell. And so while you guys are traveling through the bus stop and traveling on the way closer to the light, I'm over there going, I wonder where John is. Where's John? He's supposed to be here. John was supposed to bring the cake. And that's something that I let the focus turn away from God and turn on myself and this organizing and scheduling that I do. And so that's kind of how I perceive part of um, like the great divorce. Tom, in our conversation, you referenced the priest, I think, um, who I don't remember what it was. Do you remember what you said or what the priest was in that? The, yo, you said you remember the clergy person in hell in the great divorce. That's all you said. Right. So what was that referencing? Well, he was so um, caught up in the mission that he had uh, been about on Earth that he couldn't even recognize where he was. Um, right. And so he was focused on looking at this hell he was in and 
and fixing that place like uh, some social justice project. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that. Mm. Obviously, it's a good thing, but um, it reminded me of what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You search the scriptures daily because you think they point to me, but yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Mm. So... um, my point was, um, as Everett said, if God is in all and there's no place where God is not, that just as in life, there are some things that are good, but that my how I've habituated myself, I can't experience good things as goodness. For example... Um, sometimes we can be so suspicious and and um, paranoid that we can't even experience love because that requires us to be loving. So when we experience love, it's an evil to us. Do you understand hmm. what I'm saying? And so... It might, there's this book... Um, where there's a character and and her she hates her husband because her husband is always forgiving and loving and she wants him to fight um i don't i don't know why that just struck me when you said mm. that yeah right uh, mistrust so like, came to no. mind like mistrust um you know like just kind of like the book i think everett's talking about too is like um unfortunately People have been um, raised, I guess, with so much deceit that they can't trust love. It seems to be um, a scam, right? right? They feel weak in allowing themselves to be loved. Um, and I can get on board with that somewhat, especially that unconditionally loving father. <laughs> um, go ahead, Tom. Oh, yeah. When I went to college um, in Tennessee, little Christian college, um, I was walking around on campus and all these people I didn't know were like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? And uh, kind of being a cynical um, child of Minnesota, I mean, I'm from Oklahoma, but my dad, you know, Swede from Minnesota. After about the 20th person I didn't know said hi, I literally said, like, I turned around and said, what the hell is going on around here? <laughs> is, is everyone, somebody trying to scam me? What? Like, uh, no, they're just being friendly. Mm. And <laughs> I figured it out later. But, uh, so, over and over again in Scripture, I'm thinking of, um, for example, Hebrews 12. God is a consuming fire. So, um that fire that's the same fire that one one might experience as hell but but mm. we also experience as god's presence and and if we're not prepared for it if we're not like um or first timothy 6 16 god dwells in an approachable light but for the person of faith, that light isn't blinding. Does that make sense? Because mm. we're, we're, we're a part of that. 
we're we're in that um so it's not that hell is like it's it's just what my understanding of it is it's the lack of ability to to accept that love or be in that light or accept that refining the good news is based my understanding is christ is preaching to the spirits of those in prison as we said last week so how can so the person who is there who is trying to help you move towards the light is jesus and he's a pretty great person to be there you know <laughs> uh, and so how could you uh, and that's the same kind of thing that's happening on earth oh ideally if we're doing what we're supposed to do um being light and salt love peace joy all that sort of thing i anyway all right well, there we some, go some that that <clears throat> there's a an author charles williams and he says something loosely that we we were fine with escaping hell but not becoming heaven hmm. and and this idea of of um that that we have made our greatest religious hope of just not being punished eternally and that the real goal is this deep intimate relationship with god and and, and and I feel like I feel like so much of of who we are is we just don't like we feel like if there's just one person who's worse than us, then like we're okay. Like you know, God's gonna go deal with them before he you know gets to gets to me. Um. And and I think that's sort of my worry about all the discussions of of around hell is that we have made what it means to be Christian or what it means to have a relationship with God at like the bare minimum and not at its fullness. And we've reduced Christianity to a get out of hell free card. Yeah. We, we've made it into an individualistic pursuit whereby I'm filling my head with knowledge and I'm trying to, of be moral so we've reduced it to moralism and knowledge so that we can earn our reward or Dallas, is, Dallas Willard talks about it as sin management either like you know moral morality and piety becomes our focus on scorekeeping right so Saint um, Isaac of Syria wrote this those who find themselves in hell will be chastised by the scourge of love. How cruel and bitter this torment of love will be. For those who understand that they have sinned against love undergo no greater suffering than those produced by the most fearful tortures. The sorrow which takes hold of the heart which has, which has sinned against love is more piercing than any other pain. It is not right to say that the sinners in hell are deprived of the love of God, but love acts in two ways, as suffering of the reproved and as joy in the blessed. So that's just saying essentially what we've been saying, which is um, it's, it's about, it's the same thing, but 
how do we experience it? Or the end of, end of the Chronicles of Narnia, those gnomes. Do you remember the gnomes that Aslan brings into the kingdom of God? And they can't see where they are. And they're just content to uh, stay in a corner, huddled up by themselves, enjoying the small things they had brought with them from <laughs> from Narnia. And uh, that's the picture. That's the same idea. Hmm. So it's... it's I, think, but I, I think a lot of these questions around hell... <clears throat> get to something deeper which is our awareness that there are things in life which are deeply unjust and that we can't allow the injustice to stand if they explain that give me an example of what that brought that to mind um i mean you know i mean kind of the you know trinity church in Tulsa, there's a um, stained glass windows of the Nicene Creed and, and, and the descent into hell. There's, you know, Adolf Hitler mm. in, in the stained glass window, right? We, um, there are things like that that are so horrific that we, we need a call to justice. Does that make sense? Mm. How? Why do we need a call to justice? Um, because you know we, you know, I mean, you go go um, anytime anytime that there is a story about child abuse, uh, animal abuse on like a, a social media, go and read how many of the comments are. You know, this person must be punished. Do right, right. do to them what they did to that kid. And I totally, I mean, like, I totally get. Yeah. But but, um, I you know I I think that there's part of us. What it points to is is that we realize that the world's not the way that it is, and so we need we want there to be something else we want there to be accountability and repercussions for what has happened we want heaven on earth we want things to be right we want things like a point it points to a deep desire um for things okay. to be right okay yeah and 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 so this notion of no eternal punishment this notion of a loving and forgiving god offends us because there are things that have happened. Mm, okay. That we you're can't like, understand. There's mm -hmm. got to be a consequence for this, right? For for Hitler. Um, that's the go-to, right? There always, there has to be, you know, he has to answer. Um, or think right? that we're recording this the day after the, yeah. the guy shot up the, the elementary school, right? And, and, and he's either, he either kills himself or, or he's killed by police. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure but he's the gunman is dead right so that's it like he he inflicted this this horror and this evil on the world and right right i mean i mean i mean there's a desire for me i want that guy to be i want that guy to have some i want him to be in hell yeah tormented eternally right right 
terrible. It's just that ain't that isn't even cover it. <laughs> um. So what? So, brought, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Tom. So like people's at. It's not that to me that we're usually asking the wrong questions, especially if we grew up in the evangelical world, because mm -hmm. we've just heard one thing so many times. And, and we've based our doctrines on things like on parables, like the rich man and Lazarus, mm -hmm. which was a story told before uh, the cross. So I don't, it's an interesting that, um, Christians rely on that so much for their understanding of what what that looks like. Yeah, but, we talked about that last episode. <laughs> right, right. But my my point is, um, well, I, I totally lost what my point was. Sorry. <laughs> I know it was going to be genius, though. Of course, always. I think there is, there is a, it is a perception. Um, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, justice is one. Because we can't perceive that people can be forgiven. Most, I would say, of us can't perceive ourselves being forgiven. Because I'm a lowly, you know, human and I know what I have done in life and what I, and I'm the only one that knows kind of thing. And so um, just seeing that we are loved unconditionally... Um, I don't even think we can do that in many cases. Um, I know I struggle with that. Um, and, um, and so therefore trying to look at a, um, at God and know that you are loved unconditionally, um, is, well, goes back to being suspect, right? It's like, what's going on here? Why are all these people so nice? You know, and we become, and it's something to where, um, you know, I, I, was told, I think, that uh, we refer to God as the Father because it is a, a father-like figure um, that we can cast that, per uh, not perception, but persona upon. Look at the fathers in the world and how misguided we all are in that. Um, I mean, there's some great ones out there, but still, they're not perfect. And so, there's a bit of perception uh, there and deceit that we can't look upon God because of the earthly fathers the way that we should. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I it's just I don't know where to go with this outside of like okay, the perception of hell for me is, and I just go back to being separated from God and what does that look like? Um, but that doesn't answer a lot of questions like the justice question and things like that. So. Um, I don't know, what have we not talked about in this before we move on to, uh, if we have time, to the uh, church portion of this? <laughs> Anything? Have we answered it all? I think it's okay to move on, because we're never going to like answer all the questions. Well, and I think it's funny, too. How many times have we talked about hell on this podcast? We are... <laughs> we're obsessed with it. Not, and, and it's the royal we're... <laughs> we, as a society, we are absolutely obsessed with it. I mean, that's what N.T. Wright says, right? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, is how, you know, the West is completely obsessed with it. And, uh, you know, something that um, one of the guys from the Bobble Project, Bobble, Bubble, Bobble Project, Tim Mackey, um, he talks about how it's not about heaven and hell, it's about heaven and earth. 
and uh, that's one of his uh, teachings. It's like we've we've lost the narrative. Heaven and hell is not found in the Bible. It's heaven and earth uh, is found in the Bible. Those two words, but we have just turned because at summer camp. You know, I mean, we're being screamed at to walk to the front because Tom preached a good lesson. And it's all about fear. And so fear being one of the most driven factors for why we as humans respond the way we do to everything. Why wouldn't it be the most the thing we focus on most? And so I think that we have to be able to. Uh, oh, I'm going to take that back. I hope that we can find a place to learn to accept this love that casts out all fear. And then we can maybe start turning down the volume from 50 on hell in our lives and start turning it up in other places like love, peace, holy moly. <laughs> you know, in those other places to where they become that focal point. So it is no longer what hell, 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 hell. It becomes heaven, heaven, earth, earth, you know, whatever it needs to be in that sense. So, um, end scene. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching Barry on HBO. <laughs> All right, jump into it there. We don't have time to go into the church portion, but we will get there probably next episode. So, is everyone still with me? All right. Yes, sir. All right. Everett, you're froze. Oh, we have video now. We can actually watch each other for the first time. We're moving up in our technological world here. So, but Evan's, Evan, Evan, Everett's froze scratching his head. <laughs> and Tom's in the car. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, Everett. You weren't supposed to say that on the podcast. Who cares? People love it. We're, we're uh, anyway, people love it. Maybe they don't. Okay. Everett, Tom, jump in. Let's wrap this up. So I remembered what I was going to say. Yay. Um, I, nope, just went out of my head again. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Everett, save us. Maybe that's, maybe that's a sign to wrap it up. <clears throat> okay. All right. Is there, I, I keep wanting to say, is there anything we haven't said about hell that you want to say? Because I feel like there's so much more in that. I, you know what? I'll just keep talking. Forget it. Um, about, I don't want to say how unimportant it is, but what if we turned the focus away from it and we believed what Jesus said, that we do not have to be afraid? What does that look like? What does that world look like? Do you know someone in your life, guys, that guys that you look at and, and, and they are that way, they live that way? And what is that person like? Is that too ambiguous? No, I mean, if I think if I hear what you're saying, I mean, I, I, I think there's a certain portion of the religious subculture that when, when you live in fear or when you're driven by fear, I think you do the bare minimum. Hmm. Um, and you reduce, you reduce religion or relationship or whatever to whatever will prevent me from getting in trouble. Right. And and so I'm I'm hearing a little bit that maybe that's what you're saying is is that um, it's not it's not it's not so much that um, I mean 
I so so the, the, there's these two port like I've said all this stuff. There's this other portion of me that that you know that um, you know Jesus also, particularly as we talked about in Matthew's gospel, really does talk about the consequences of our action and inaction, right? Right. And and and. And and so for all those times in which I go full on grace, like God is loving, yeah, God is yeah, personal, yeah. God is forgiving, um, I do I, I I do have to realize also that that there's this other portion of it in which Jesus says, you know, people will be cast into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing, you know, of 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 teeth. Um, but is it balanced? Are we giving it its due, or is those are those you know two three lines from Matthew have consumed us? Right. That's where I think that I'm going with this. Is like it's it's enough if we you know what and that's the thing that's an interesting thing is that I'm sure that people would flip out if we said and actually you know what someone did to Tom when they, he was with uh, at St. Patrick's but. It's the idea of, why don't you ever mention hell in your church? Well, I mean, if you balance out how, what, the, and I'm sure someone's done this, if you Google it, how many things Jesus said and what he said and talked about what, I'm going to guess that hell or Gethsemane or whatever, the Gehenna, not Gethsemane, Gehenna, is very low. And, 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 I, think, and I think that the, 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 the problem is, is that, where I would go is, is that death, hell, sin, Satan, are all sort of described as powers mm -hmm. within the scriptures that need to be defeated. And in Christ's death, he defeats those things. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I mean, this is, you know, the, the harrowing of hell in which Jesus goes down and preaches, you know, um, is it First Peter that, that sort of gives this image of him preaching to the dead? And, and you think about the the, the iconography of Jesus breaking over the gates of hell and, and right. leading Adam and Eve out. And, and I feel like I've maybe said this last time. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. But, but it's a good, it's a good worth repeating that, 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 that in scriptures, I think those are, are, are powers that have to be defeated. And right. so whatever hell is, hell doesn't have power over us anymore because Jesus broke open the gates and there you go and that's where we begin in the next podcast now why do we go to church yeah because it's all been defeated it's all done now why so let's stop there and good job everett <laughs> tom i'm glad you had a safe trip <laughs> all right we'll pick up there next time thank you all for listening to our silliness <laughs> hope you enjoy this and may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.